and we're live. We're, we're not going to be Joe Rogan here, Carl. We're not going to be Ram Bush. Um, hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are listening to this. You are once again joined by ourselves, the Only Fans Football Podcast episode. Not quite sure. Update number three, I think, Kieran. I want to say the last 16, the last 16 that was past few days. Thankfully, we have two days off this week, Kieran, from the World Cup. Bloody hell, I think I've needed it. I've never needed more sanitation from football in my life than I do these past, these next two days, of course. Yesterday was the last round of 16 game culminating with Portugal beating Switzerland. But, Kieran, we last had our show last Friday, I think it was, wasn't it? The day after my birthday where we were watching um, South Korea, Uruguay, Portugal, and Ghana, that group, the group of death, what a what a great end to the group that was. And I think a bit of a revisionism right now. We all thought um Uruguay were going through as the pod was being recorded, didn't we? I think we predicted Uruguay to play Brazil in the next round. Um, as we'll discuss now, they might have been better off than South Korea. But oh, first of all, how are you getting on? I'm actually doing all right. I'm doing okay. It tell you what, it's it's fucking mad how uh how we were talking on Friday about group games and then already the last 16 over. That's just, it amazes me how quick the World Cup flies in after the group stage part of it. Even like the second round of group games, after that part of it, it just flies and you don't even notice it. But um, yeah, looking forward to Christmas, as you can see. Very, very excited. Um, it's a strange time for World Cup football. But uh, listen, everything's new to us, isn't it? But yeah. For those who can't see... Because Kieran said that like we're um, a visual podcast. Kieran's wearing a Christmas hat. Yeah. Um, a Santa Claus hat. Yeah, Kieran. It's yeah. It, it's we're coming into as the horns say, uh, silly season. <laughs> we're coming into silly season. <laughs> <laughs> when people go for points, well, it's mad. It's so silly. Um, you can't go for point on the other time of the year. Oh, crazy. Um, but yes, it is silly season, Kieran. <laughs> um, yeah it is weird isn't it there's only eight games left I think you have the four quarter final games two semi-finals a third place playoff and then the showpiece finale of the World Cup final which is Sunday week I think it's fucking it's flying in quick and then we're back on the road for Premier League football we do plan on having some kind of Christmas schedule lined up Kieran we are meeting this evening yeah. I'm drinking a cup of tea right now, Kieran, actually. Yeah, hold on, I'll give an audible sup. Um, can you see the cup? It's like a glass mug. Shout out to Noel, the next-door neighbour who gave it to me. Hold on. No, that's nice, yeah. Um, so we'll move on, Kieran, to the last 16 games. The game on Saturday, Netherlands 3. Oh, fuck, I have a package. Hold on. You talk about the match, Kieran. Yeah, um, DPD delivery there. Um. Yeah, I had one of them this morning, but yeah, this game, Netherlands versus the US, it was an unbelievable game of football um, for minute one. I think the US definitely playing a more dynamic style of play, and you can see the way the Dutch are sort of setting up in this World Cup, it is to, it is to um, be compact as a group and sort of sit back and let the other teams attack and then break on the counter, and this is exactly how they played against the US, I thought, um, and I thought they played very, very well. Um, it was it was a bit of a crazy game of football towards the end when that goal went in that that um consolation goal. I think it was uh Deontay Roy is it Deontay Roy or yeah 
Yeah, fucking hits off his shin and loops over the keeper. It was very, very strange. But um, what a goal. Probably goal of the tournament, if you're counting it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know I, what I was getting on to, Kieran, before I was... I want to say rudely interrupted. I didn't hear one word of what you said there, so if I'm saying things you've said, I apologise. But uh, <laughs> I was drastically hung over, Kieran, watching this game on the Saturday, of course. I had the 12 pubs the day before. Um, myself and the lads, 12 pubs at Stony Bar. The Stony Strip into Smithfield, then over to Camden Street. Um, shout out to McGowan for being a dive, as per usual. Um, so, yeah, I watched this game, Kieran. Um, really disgusted with life and my previous actions. Um, I, I was I was really hung over, Kieran, and I was really in my fields. Um, myself and Dave ordered McDonald's in support of the USA, <laughs> and in typical Deliveroo justy fashion, it didn't turn up. Um, I have never craved food more in my life. But anyways, getting on to the game itself, Netherlands three, USA one. I just think the US's battery ran out. I think they're all the energy they used up, all the kind of moments, big moments they had um, for the tournament. I just think they'd used them up by this game. Um, the first goal is very telling. As it breaks to Depay, who puts it away. Um, I think it was Weston McKenney in midfield who, um, or Tyler Adams, excuse me, the two of them in midfield, who have been absolutely imperious so far for the USA. Um, just didn't track any runners. They just let them get away from them and... Uh, you seen in the likes of the England game and the Wales game and the Iran game, that, that didn't happen. And I just think, to be honest with you, the, the way USA play, it's such a high-press, high-energy system. I just think they ran out of steam, unfortunately for them. And look, at they're still a very good side. I, I do think this is only the beginning for this US side. Um, regarding Holland, um, Memphis Depay on the score sheet again. Um and then Daily Blind as well got on Scorchy. And the last goal, and I think just this kind of epitomised the performance. Um, it was a ball over to Denzel Dumfries, who has acres of space, he puts it into the bottom corner. And I think it was Tim Ream, the American Dream, and Anthony Robinson looking at each other going, where the fuck did he come from? Um, where in previous games they would have been savvy to it and they would have just cleared. Um, it was Hadji Wright was his name. That scored the goal for USA, by the way. Hadji, um, great name. But uh, yeah, it was a great, great run out for, great run out for the Dutch. Um, I think they're coming into form and they're, you know, they're tough to beat. Like we'll we'll get on to their opponents now, Argentina, and we will probably predict the upcoming fixtures. But we move on, Kieran, that night, Argentina two, um, Australia one. I was in, I was in training or something. I was in work, but I can't remember what for. Um, and yeah, Argentina too. I didn't see any of it. That's that's the point. I'm a little. I, I, I watched it. Um, it sort of took a while to pick up. I think Australia sat back the first half and stayed compact in their shape, made it difficult. And then when the first goal went in from Messi, unbelievable goal by the way. Um, he was having a pretty poor game up till that point giving the ball away lots, um, sort of dribbling and and not being successful. But then that first goal went in and he became a different player. It was it was unbelievable. Arrives in the box and hits on his left, bottom left corner. Unbelievable finish. And that made it 1-0. And from then on, it was a different game completely. 
there's something special about him in this tournament, isn't there? I think he, he really is kind of trying to drag this team along. And, you know, when you see the comparisons between himself and Ronaldo, and it's, it's only natural because it's what everyone does. It's it's two kind of very contrasting tournaments for him. I know Ronaldo um, was dropped last night and you couldn't imagine an Argentina side at the minute with, with Messi being dropped. Mary Ryan... In the goal of Australia, will absolutely be kicking himself, won't he? What's he thinking for the Alvarez goal? Alvarez presses him and gets the ball back and puts it in. And oh, I felt bad for Matt Ryan because he's he's he, do you know what he's actually a very good goalkeeper, um, and he has been for for a long time. And this would have been his big showpiece. And you know, the last time Australia got to this round, um, the last sixteen was in two thousand six mm-hmm. in Germany, and they were robbed by. A grosso penalty in the last like the last kick of the game, the ref gives a penalty in like the ninety fourth, and like forty three seconds left in the game, and he gives a penalty to Italy and look Italy go on to win the competition. So I don't know if that's a good omen for Australia, but Australia put up a great fight. Look at their very good side as well. I think the sports grown over there, and there was great scenes when that goal went in for Goodwin. Um, well, yeah, just I suppose it's a tough one to take for Australia, but I think Argentina fully deserve to go through. Yeah, and quickly on Behage at the end, I don't know if you've seen his run, but mm. it, was, it was very, very close to being a, an equalising goal. Um, I think that, that good one deflected goal galvanised him a bit, and then Behage went on that run, and if it wasn't for Lissandro Martinez with that last-minute block, we could be looking at Argentina with the World Cup in some fashion. So, um, yeah, just shout out to Lissandro there for Argentina who did well to block Bedge's shot and mm. that was the game 2-1 and a quick real quick brief shout out to Dickie McAllister Young Dickie Mickey. McAllister the cousin of Argentine midfielder Alexis McAllister um, I think we talked about last week I definitely put up an Instagram post about um, Alexis McAllister scoring the other week for Argentina um, there's a great link he, he, essentially Alexis McAllister's Irish RT reached out to Dickie McAllister, who was related to Alexis McAllister. He's his cousin. And seemingly, now this is something that I will have never heard of, but there's a GAA club in Argentina where Alexis McAllister grew up. And that's down to Dickie McAllister. And that that's that, it's a great story. It was on RT. And um, yeah, great story there. We move on, Kieran. Somebody <laughs> definitely baited RT. I, I, I swear to God, they, they did not. They did, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I love a bit of, I love a bit of, you know, Irish sensationalism. Look at, look at Argentina doing well. You know what? We are part of that. We, we aren't, but we are. It's great. It's, it's typical. It's great. It's great. Uh, we move on to the Sunday game. France three, Poland one, England three, Senegal nil. Kieran, we had a discussion on Sunday morning, um, and I said to you, Cran, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't care less about these two games today. And he said to me, why, Adzi? And I said, because they're both going to end 3-1 to France. And I think I said 4-0 to England. Um, I was nearly right. Um, two right two right-offs of a game, to be honest with you. And there's been some good stories so far this World Cup, but the story of Poland and Senegal has not been one of them. France won home to a 3-1 Victory, as I said, Olivier Giroud with a goal. I think it surpasses Thierry Henry as France's leading international goal scorer. And then Mbappe 
who will take over from Giroud in years to come, you'll imagine, with two goals, some great goals there from Kylian Mbappe as well. And then the referee, El Sibdi, gave Poland the penalty, let Lewandowski take it, which he misses, and then felt bad, so let him take it again, on which he scored to make it 3-1. Um, Kylian Mbappe here was sensational. Yeah, even just like the venom on his shots for his two goals. Like the keeper had hadn't a brand hope of catching either of them. Um the placement of the second one in the top right was unreal. And then the venom in the first one, unbelievable. Um but yeah, I think that France game, that three one, it definitely uh it definitely ended up being the better game of the two games that day. I think that was the worst day of football for me. Um and I think we said it that morning that it was gonna be shy. And lo and behold, it was. I think international football is very predictable in general like that. You can just predict what's going to be shy and what's not, not going to be shy. So, yeah. Yeah, and we move on to England winning 3-0 as well against Senegal. Jordan Henderson, Harry Kane and Bikayo Saka all on score sheet. Jude Bellingham linking up with his soon-to-be teammate Jordan Henderson for the first goal. Um, they shared a nice hug after a nice embrace after it looked the looked like a kiss to me. I mean... Don't be saying that in Qatar because you know what happened there. But, um, <laughs> oh, oh, do you know what, right? Just real quick before we talk about this, if Jude Bellingham doesn't sign for Liverpool, I will be extra, I'll be, I, I could be bored and like really, really being upset, like more upset than when Torres went to Chelsea. That's how upset it would be. What a player, he's so good. Like, Not that deep, man. No, it is that deep, though. <laughs> it is that deep. He's so good. Um, Phil Foden gets two assists. Then one for Harry Kane and one for Bakayo Saka. In fairness, England, they're looking strong here on and uh, look, I, I, I don't think I don't think they'll get past France. And by proxy, I think that will have been a failed campaign. But if they do get past France, you're looking at maybe Morocco um in the semis. Yeah. I mean, if they do, it'll be very. I'll be very impressed. I'm. I'm more impressed, to be honest, with that. Um, those two, Saka and Foden, I think they were unreal in in against Senegal and Bellingham as well. I think if they keep those three players fit, they have a real chance, in my opinion. Um, I'd be a bit concerned at the back. Nobody's really gotten to that back four yet. Uh, the likes of Maguire and Stones, I haven't really seen them troubled at all. And they haven't really come up against a good attack yet. So I'd love to see what would happen. Because in the first 30 minutes of this game, they did look a bit shaky. Until that first goal went in, they looked a bit ropey. So I'd love to see that back line test- tested. But other than that, England do have a chance. and um, Probably a better chance than they've had ever. In my lifetime, at least. Um, Maybe the exception, 2010-06. I don't know. But yeah. Well, 2018, Kieran, they got semi final, so yeah, but I didn't think Croatian was semis quite ready yet to go anywhere. Um, mm. and I think they got a lucky draw in a sense. Well, they have to be honest with you, look, we're talking about them not being touched at the back just yet. Um, USA got at them, but they couldn't finish. I mean, USA had a good few, I think Messi McKenney had a great chance in the first half in that game, and he didn't finish. Um, I, look, I don't, I don't think they'll get past France, but if they do, I, I'm fearful of them. I do, I do think they, they have that. Like we can't sit here and say they don't have that big match experience after playing in the final last year, 
and then playing in the semi-final of the World Cup previous, like the, the nucleus of this team is still there. You mm-hmm. know, McGuire, Stones, Walker, Trippier, Henderson, Kane, Pickford. These are players who have played in all these games for England, so it's, they have got that experience. I, I don't think they'll get past France. I do agree with you. Um, I do think France will have too much going forward, but I, I would be I would be somewhat wary of them. Um, you move on to Monday's games. Japan won, Croatia won. Um, Croatia win out on penalties 3-1 in the end. And it was Dyson Maida who put Japan in front, well-deserved as well. Japan were very good on the day. Um, and then it was Ivan Perisic with the goal for Croatia to peg it back. Um, to be honest with you, I thought Croatia did well in the sense that after the Japan goal, they kind of kept them at arm's length. They didn't. Japan didn't create a whole lot after that goal. Um, and a bit like USA, I just feel like they ran out of steam. I feel like um, they just ran out, ran out of energy. It's a high press they play, of course, but I just feel, especially in that extra time, you were just like this has penalty. This has penalties written all over. There was never a point in it where I went. Japan could get get a goal here. Um, I have money on Croatia to win. I'm trying to find a bet slip here. I have a fire on them to win. Um, I don't know why. I'm, I'm, but there's something wrong with me. Like, but uh, I, 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 do you know what? I like the Croatia team. I do like them. Um, and I like this last dance mentality of Modric, Kovacic, and Brozovic in midfield. I think that's a good dynamic. Perisic up front is a leader, and he's very good. I think Guardiola at the back has been great. Um, the old firm fullbacks of Juranovic at Barisic, you know, both Celtic and Rangers. I, I, I like this Croatia team. I'd have preferred to see Japan go through, but I, I, I'm, I'm not to this point to see Croatia go through. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was a big fan of the Perisic header. I thought that was unbelievable the way he spun it into the bottom right. That's, that's one of the goals of the tournament for me. Um, I just loved it. It was very satisfying the way I went into that, uh, postage stamp, but. Yeah, the penalties from Japan were fucking shy. I don't know what they were doing. There's no venom in any of them. Croatia just... We've seen them before win on penalties so many times in the last World Cup and they stood the test of time again. It was, they were great penalties and they got through. So, good win, I'd say. Japan were hard, are a hard team to get by. Yeah, we move on to the evening game and with Brazil 4, South Korea 1, um, Vinicius, Neymar, Richarlison, Lucas Paqueta... All on the score sheet for Brazil. And then it was Song Ho Piak on the score sheet. For South Korea, um, Brazil bring on Weverton in the goal for Alisson at one stage. I Look, I really like this Brazil team. I think they're very good. I thought there was elements to this performance, especially after each goal. I thought it was a bit disrespectful at times. And I don't know if I'm probably taking it too serious, but... I feel like Brazil, and I said it to Dave last night, I feel like Brazil are a team that think they're already there. And that's fair enough. If you're confident, that's great. Brilliant. You should. With the players they have, you should be confident. But I get get a feeling from them that they're bordering arrogance rather than confidence. And I, I look at some of the players in the team, you know, I look at Richarlison, Great performance and it was a great goal in the game. It was it was a fabulous goal by him. But he's a player who hasn't won anything. You know what I mean? And he, I don't I'm not slating him here when I'm saying this, but he's someone who hasn't won anything. So I, I'd be surprised if he was arrogant, but he seems like he is. Neymar has won it all. So we expect him to be I, I think him out of 
the majority of them, I think he's been grand. I think Casemiro for Brazil has been immense. I think he's been very good. But I just look at the likes of Rafinha, look at a bit of Vinicius Jr. and even Militao at the back. I don't know. I feel like these lads think they're already in the final. And I think Croatia could definitely put it up to them in the next game. I wouldn't be surprised if Croatia got it. I think there's a way to act when you're winning as well. Like, Absolutely. As champions, and I don't think Arians is the way, regardless. Um, I think you need to act with humility if if you're slapping an opponent around. Like the Paqueta dance at 4-0 was taking the piss. Like, come on, bit of respite, get on with it, and get the next goal or whatever, but don't rub it in their face. I think that's awful. I thought the same for the Richardson goal to make it 3-0. Yeah, like, and the, the manager goal. dancing. Oh, what's that about? I, 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 I was sitting here and like well, to be honest with you I have no problem with Brazil you know we're going to talk about our World Cup 11 of our time in a few minutes the reason why I love football is because of R9 Ronaldo Nazario of Brazil seeing clips of him when he was younger playing for Inter and playing for Brazil and the likes I, I, I love the Samba style of football you know shout out to Jairzinho but I can't fathom being falling up in the game and going you know what Get up to the manager there and we all have dance. I, I think it's disrespectful. You know what I mean? I, I think, and then, and then bringing on Weverton at one stage for Allison And Grand, fair enough, keep the morale up. But like, is there any need? I don't, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think there is. I don't want to be going on a bit of a rant. I don't want to be a dry show or anything. But I just thought it was a bit disrespectful. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I suppose we'll move on from there. Yes, we will. Morocco nil, Spain nil. Um, Morocco win three nil on penalties, and this was. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it out here, Kieran. This was the performance of the tournament so far yeah. for Morocco. Well, you know, I argued the game of the last sixteen as well. Regardless if there was no goals or not, I think the contrast in sizes of uh, Spain sort of playing pass, pass, passy, pass, pass, and Morocco. And being compact at the back and being well organized, I think it was a very interesting game of football. So I really enjoyed this game, and I think the fact it ended in a dramatic penalty shootout was even better. I thought, you know, Morocco had so many chances in extra time to win it, and then just didn't. It was actually Rodri of Man City. He said Morocco offered nothing in the game, and that Spain done all the pressing stuff. If you looked at this game, that's not how it was. Morocco, for me, for my money, had the better chances and definitely deserved to win. I I, I, I had no problem with Morocco winning. And I think that 7-0 Spain victory over Costa Rica, I think that painted over a lot of cracks. You know, you know, Rodri had sent a half. That's not, that's not winning a World Cup. You know what I mean? No more than Rabiot in midfield for France is winning a World Cup. You know what I mean? Certain things and certain teams that just don't fit. You know what I mean? So it was a great result for Morocco. Um... I really, I really enjoyed the game, and yeah, I think it was the first prediction that Kenny Cunningham and Kevin Doyle got right on RT's coverage of the World Cup this season. Um, they both said Morocco on penalties, which I couldn't. I was watching the pre-match, and they were both like, "Yeah, no, I think Morocco went on penalties." And I was like, "I, I did think Morocco <laughs> went through, but I didn't think it'd be on penalties. I thought they might <laughs> sat back." Pure luck that they got that right. Oh. Absolutely. And then Portugal 6, Switzerland 1. Oh, do you know what? I was going to go on a rant about Ronaldo, but I'm not really fussed, Kieran. I'm, I'm not feeling quite unwell. I have a bit of a chest infection at the minute. 
Um, and I, I, I feel like I've gotten rid of all my negativity on the Brazil dancing. Um, Goncalde, <laughs> Ramos with a hat-trick, Pepe on the score sheet, Rafael Guerrero, and then Rafael Leao on the score sheet as well, Portugal. Manuel Akanji got on the score, score sheet for the Swiss. Um, Portugal were good, weren't they? I thought that was their best performance in the tournament so far. Yeah, and to be honest with you, Adam, I seen a no contest and I went upstairs to to do a workout. I was I had enough at two 0 um, because I, I I have no time for Switzerland, um, <laughs> Portugal as well bore me. So, <laughs> in what um, sense? No, 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 no. What sense do you have no time for Switzerland? Like they're just the people, a... the cheese. Like what? What's the neutrality? Like what? What's what's wrong with them? Ever since they played Ireland in that, was it the Euros campaign, the World Cup campaign? I have no time for them. I think they're all arseholes, every single one of them on that team. We'll move on, Kieran, to our predictions of the next round, the quarter final. We'll keep these brief. Netherlands, Argentina. Um, I'm going to go for the Dutch. I'm going to go Argentina. We're going to go Croatia and Brazil. Croatia. Really? A shock, yeah. I think the two South American teams would be out. I'm gonna go with Croatia because I have a fire on them and I'm, I'm a hopeless gambler. Um, England, France. I am going to go with France. Yeah, I think France will get through, and then Morocco and Portugal. I'm gonna go with Morocco. Yeah, Morocco for me. France, Morocco in the semis. So yeah, Argentina, Croatia, France, Morocco is my show. Kieran, your show is Netherlands, Croatia, France, and Morocco. This mm. is, I, I'd love an Argentina Morocco final. I, I, I would love I think it'd be great for football if Morocco got to the final Um, like I spoke to you briefly the other day and this, this is going to be a small bit of this but I, I was looking at the highlights of World Cups of years gone by and there was great stories in them there was great stories in them you know what I mean I feel like this World Cup's been great for the, for the shocks and the upsets but when you get to this round it's kind of predictable and I, I, I just I like, look at the, the neutrals probably on, you know, Argentina, Brazil, France, and Portugal. And that'd be, they'd be great games, but they'd also be cagey affairs. They'd also be nil alls and probably extra time. You know, I, I want to see Argentina and Brazil or Argentina, Croatia. I want to see a, a different game that you didn't expect. Morocco and France. You know what I mean? Let's let's do it. You know what I mean? Why not? Um, And I think there'll be more shocks than you think in this quarterfinal stage. I think mm. the, these uh, South American teams Glitz and glamour for me. I, I, I like the Dutch style. I think that's the sort of style that wins World Cups. And mm-hmm. likewise for Croatia, they have experience. So for me, I've gone for those two in the semi. I don't pass Messi. I can't see Argentina getting through. Mm. And, and you, you've, you've seen Van Hal take this Dutch side as far as that as well in 2014 in Brazil. Yeah. So this is the last segment of the podcast. Um, Kieran might make it, might make a TikTok over. You never know. He might jazz it up. Um, but we got a question from Gary Vav the other week. Shout out to Gary, loyal listener and great friend. He said, "I want to know your World Cup eleven of your time of your favorite players." Kieran, I'm set up with a four four two, and I'm gonna start in goal. My goalkeeper is 2010 Spanish goalkeeper Icar Casillas. What about yours? I've gone for um a Chawa who's playing up until now. Fuck. I've gone for um, a Chawa from Mexico. Really good Great keeper show. in all the World Cups. I had a fucking... Do you know what? I was going to pick him at all. I picked I picked Casillas because I had a little anecdote about Spain. 
I was a little Spaniard back in the day and uh, I wanted Spain to win it. So we move <laughs> on now, Kieran, to our, oh, well, I have a back four. I don't know about you. I have a right staunch back, back day, five. Oh, of course, Chelsea, Chelsea. Um, <laughs> the back four for me at right back is Benjamin Pavard, 2018 France. His goal against Argentina in the last 16 is literally the reason why you can insert a little image of his, of his strike here, Kieran. Um, Carlos Puyol for Spain, 2010. Captain leader, legend. Looks like a shaggy dog, great player. Scored a great header against Germany in the run-up to that final. Um, I've gone with Roman Soyuz of this World Cup 2022 for Morocco. Um, they've conceded one goal and eight chances all tournament, which is unbelievable. We're four games into it. He's in the quarter-final. And I thought yesterday when he was hobbling around the pitch was gas. And I've gone for Giovanni van Bronckhorst um, of the 2010 World Cup for Netherlands. Scored a screamer against Uruguay in the semi-final. Excellent stuff. I've gone for Philip Lam 06, Marco Matarazzi 06, Fabio Cannavaro 06, Kenny Cunningham 02 for his great analysis, and Zinedine Kilban 02. That's my back five. Excellent. I think those, those Irish men in, in, in the back five have great chemistry. Right. Um, moving on to my midfield four, on I absolutely despise you. Um, Lionel Messi, 2014 for Argentina. Great tournament, and this tournament as well has been great. Midfield, Andres Iniesta, Spain, won the World Cup for them. Zinedine Zidane for France. He won it in 98, nearly won it in 06. He done a panic and scored. Damien Duff at left mid for his goal against Saudi Arabia and South Korea and Japan. Kieran, your midfield. Epic. Um, I've gone for... Zinedine Caban's contribute Zinedine Zidane. Um, I've gone for Andres Iniesta uh, as a midfield duo. On your go with three fronts, right? Yeah. My front two is Diego Forlan of 2010 Uruguay. Some great goals. He made the Jabilani what it was. And then, as I said, the reason why I fell in love with football, Ronaldo Nazario, or 9 won it in 94, won it in 2002, 98, 06. What a player. Best player of all time. Excellent. Brian, Brian Ruiz of Costa Rica for me. James Rodriguez and Miroslav Klose, one of the World Cup goats. Well, yes, Kieran, to end our team of our lifetime, as I said, in goal for me, Igor Casillas, Spain, 2010 World Cup. Right back, Benjamin Pavard of France, 2018. Carlos Puyol, 2010 for Spain. Roman Soyuz, 2022 Morocco. Um, left back Giovanni van Bronckhorst of 2010 Netherlands side Lionel Messi 2014 for Argentina Andreas Iniesta 2010 for Spain Zinedine Zidane 2006 for France but he did win it in 1998 Damien Duff for Ireland in Japan South Korea in 2002 and then two fronts for me Diego Forlan Diego Forlan excuse me of Uruguay 2010 and Ronaldo Nazario or nine two thousand and two Brazil. Kieran, your side real quick for TikTok. That's a cracking team. Hold on. So in goal, I've gone Guillermo Ochoa from Mexico. I've gone with a back five of Matarazzi, Canavaro, and Kenny Cunningham as the centre backs. Right back Philip Lamb and Zinedine Kilban as the left back. A, a solid staunch back five that would win any World Cup. Um, Zinedine Zidane and Iniesta in the midfield pivot and I've gone for a front three of Brian Ruiz James Rodriguez of Colombia that famous 2014 World Cup where he lit it up and Miroslav Klose up front and that is our teams 
um, really enjoyable podcast this week. Um, we're going to be back, I suppose, for the semi-final roundup. Um, and yeah, we have a few plans for Christmas as well over the festive period, um, and then into the new league, into the big kickoff for the League of Ireland in February as well. So we hope to have a few different things around that as well. But Kieran, thanks as ever for joining us. It always is a pleasure. And yeah. Actually, you'll follow us on Instagram, Spotify, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. But yes, leave it there. So we'll be back in the studio next week. Leave it there. So.